everyone welcome back to two twins in the mic this is your host sam um i'm not sure if i already mentioned this this is episode 13 sorry guys the amnesia is kicking in again um so i'm sure everyone's noticed by now that it's been almost two weeks since we've last podcasted you know a lot has happened since then you know sometimes life gets really busy and we find ourselves um, trying to juggle multiple things so Eli and I decided to kind of take a bit of a two-week hiatus um, we you know we had a number of things kind of happening be it a friend's bucks you know we kept it very um, PG but it was a really good experience and um, it was just really good catching up with the boys and hanging out and mucking around you know um, we just did some crazy things but it it was it was weird because like you know, I haven't, I haven't actually, I don't think we've been on a road trip for several months now and we used to do it quite consistently. So um, when we did kind of, you know, get together again, um, it just felt like old times and I really, really do enjoy spending time with my mates. Um, so you might be wondering, where is Eli today? Because I will be podcasting without Eli. Um, so Eli is actually stuck in Melbourne right now. Um, his flight is heavily delayed and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get my wife Amani to join me so she's graciously agreed to fill in for Eli um, and you know I think we were talking earlier we we're saying what should we talk about what's something really interesting and really kind of thought-provoking and somewhat controversial to some extent actually and it's the topic of of love and i think we might delve into this today but before we can we before we start i'm just going to introduce well, not introduce so many of you guys have all met her i'm going to let her say hello and kind of tell you what's happening in her world hello 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 sexy people <laughs> it's me amani i'm sure you all probably know me already maybe not I don't know but interestingly enough we were sitting on the couch this morning and we were talking about making like love. what or well, not making love kind of only sometimes <laughs> no we were actually talking about what we should be talking about on today's podcast and I said to Sam oh we should talk talk about why different um, ethnicities have certain amounts of body hair and then he gave me a blank look and then I said what about if we have a discussion about what is love and he was like, I actually really like that idea. And the reason why I chose it is because it's such a difficult question to actually answer. And as far back as, I don't know, society goes, philosophers, writers, poets, musicians have been trying to explain this concept. And until now, love means something different to everybody. You could tackle it from a scientific perspective and talk about, what chemicals occur in the brain to give the feeling of love. You could talk about the difference between loving your child and loving your spouse or, or loving, for example, a pet, because they're all different types of love. You could talk about loving yourself, which again is quite different to the other examples. And you could just love life in general. So what does it all mean? And what have the philosophers said about it? What have the writers said about it? And what have the SARS said about it? 
what do we as humans eat like you know as a as you know certain types like i know sam loves astrology what do cancerians love about love do we love love um what do virgos like when they're in love what are virgos like when they're in love um what do they experience when they're in love and how do they want to be loved and we can also dive into the love languages as well because that's also very interesting so sam and i have been married for two and a half years now and when we first got married we loved each other the way that we wanted to be loved but not the way that each one of us wanted to be loved and so navigating through that was an interesting journey Um, it was painful at times but I think over the course of the last two and a half years we've managed to kind of really listen to each other and understand what each one wanted and I think that we're moving towards a really positive space and things are fantastic at the moment between us and I mean every day is an improvement compared to the day before so onwards and upwards um that's my intro i'll pass you guys on to sam so he can get us started into the world of love yeah no thank you for that amani um where to begin firstly i was just mentioned i was just looking at my emails as i was as Emmanuel was speaking and some random guy on ebay emailed me saying his fish tank has been electrocuted from some uv sterilizer that i sold which makes no sense because that's not how it works he's asking for a replacement as if i'm the manufacturer anyway side note so let me get my brain back in focus okay um so love here's here's my view and this is going to i'm going to start out quite controversially i'm sure a few people have their pitchforks out saying you're full of nonsense I actually don't believe most people have experienced or understand true love. I don't think many people have the capacity to truly understand what real love is. And saying that again, I don't think most people have actually experienced love in their life. They might have thought that they experienced love at some point. But I think it was probably a it was a version of love that wasn't it's not a version of love that wasn't actually love, but it was their kind of interpretation of love, right? So I would say, like for example, let's go back to high school, right? I won't go back to primary school because I don't, again, like I don't think young kids are really truly capable of real love. But if we go to high school, you know. A lot of people had crushes and you would see people getting into quote relationships right at 12 13 14 15 years of age and to be honest for me it was quite comical because when i was let's say 12 years old right my primary thought was call of duty playing some multiplayer online game with my mates you know um messing around kicking a ball like I didn't have the the capacity to truly like fall in love. And I feel like when I would look around me, the people that were in relationships when they should have been kind of enjoying their youth, they they were programmed by movies, TV shows, music videos, whatever, to kind of enter this adult world prematurely on the basis that they thought that if you fancied someone or if you had this attraction to someone you know that you had to act out on it and then you had to also kind of undertake all these adult 
kind of behaviors when you're literally like you know forgive my 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 um, language when your balls literally dropped the other day and all of a sudden you think you you've got the capacity to be you know balls deep in love um what 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 actually is occurring i remember when i was in high school i was like they were teaching us you know through pdhpe you're going through a lot of hormonal changes and you know your hormones are just at their extremes so naturally you know like all of a sudden when you were in primary school girls weren't that attractive girls were you know they had cooties or they were disgusting or whatever and i'm sure vice versa and then all of a sudden there's this switch that flips within you biologically and you're you or you you know you start viewing the same females in a in a different or the males whatever however you choose to view it in a completely different way and it's just ironic because like you had these like i'll say a select group of people who wanted to be older than their age and then they started getting into like these relationships and like holding hands and acting like you know as if like they're adults right and i'm like that's such a massive responsibility at such an early age like you're trying before you even truly understand yourself your own emotions and develop your personality you've thrown yourself into this world that doesn't belong to you and yet people will tell you oh you know back in high school my first love was so and so it's like no your hormones were so jacked up that you could literally fall in love with a tree if that tree had some level of warmth or had the ability to kind of reciprocate and give you you know some googly eyes or pass you a compliment um I can guarantee there will be some people that look back like I've seen like online where you you know particularly on TikTok these young you know fem- females where they like if they they're kind of mocking them they're like this is the guy that the girls all found hot back in high school and it'll be like some like they use a caricature of like a, a, a dog like um what, what's the one that looks like a rat um the one that Paris Hilton used to carry in her handbag chihuahua or something and then like they're like that's the face of the guy and then they were at like long blonde hair or something and they're like you know you're, you're in love with ryan like and he's like some weird looking dude and all and all lanky and all that but that's the thing that's what hormones does to you again that's that's why i'm just starting off saying i don't think a lot of people have fallen in love and before i pass on the mic to amani the other thing is like even when you're at university and all that you know you're still like just ent- entering the real world you know you're just dipping your toes and everyone all of a sudden thinks they're like a grown up and you know like we're free and you know people are trying to um kind of like establish themselves academically and now all of a sudden like you know the world's your oyster and you're surrounded by all these different types of people from different um backgrounds and places and and again still your hormones are very like jacked up and then people like again at university entering relationships you know and for me personally again i just don't think like you this is the first opportunity you have to be free on your own to develop your own thoughts to kind of be alone with yourself and understand who you are and then these people are already clouding all of that by entering a relationship thinking to themselves but now i'm 18 i don't want to be alone i don't want people to think i'm weird i want to i want someone to validate me in my existence and 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 my attractiveness and all of this stuff and I, I remember like thinking to myself at that age again I was like what the hell are people doing like we just got the first opportunity of freedom we're like away from our parents in some capacity you know we're trying to say to ourselves 
Who are we? What do we want to do more or less for the rest of our lives? You know, what am I about? And before you get give yourself an opportunity to kind of sit and understand yourself, some people have really thrown themselves into a relationship because they saw a music video on MTV hits, you know, and they've heard Mario singing in the background or something and they, they just felt compelled to jump into a relationship so early on, not because of like any real deep-seated human interaction and contact and understanding and, you know, there's just so much complexity to a relationship and i feel like it was like high school university it was it's a very superficial point in your life to truly um be in a relationship i don't know what you think Amani. let me know your thoughts i think you also have to look at the person and the amount of love that they're getting in general from life right everyone wants to be loved everyone wants to feel like someone cares and when you're not getting that, right, you start to seek it externally. You're like, well, I go home. I'm not receiving it from my parents. I don't have like a friend system. I don't have anyone around. What can what can I do? Like I'm lonely, right? And so loneliness is, I think it was like the number one killer in people. And <clears throat> so when you think of loneliness being the number one killer in people, and when you keep in mind also that the body is the best pharmacy and it knows exactly what you need, it's creating probably like a sense of, I want to be in a relationship, I want to experience love because I'm not getting it from anybody else. And so when you see these 14 or 15 or 16 year olds in these relationships, I think it's almost like you need to take a step back and say, but what's actually happening at home? Because like in my high school, for example, all the people that ended up in relationships had like terrible family structures. Mm. And most of them came from divorced families. Most of them um, had abusive homes. And so when they had these relationships and they wanted to be an adult early on, it's almost like they were trying to rewrite the narrative of, of their life. And so in a way, I don't really look at it as you're immature, I look at it as you're trying to rewrite the narrative that you've grown up with. And like, but just putting that to one side though, I actually started following someone on Instagram today. I came across her video last night um, in the bedroom when I was like about to go to bed. She's actually um, teaching English in South Korea at the moment. She's actually Filipino and was born in the Philippines and lived there for 13 years before moving to the US. And she was saying that all her life, basically, she was jumping from relationship to relationship, trying to fill this like gap in her life because she didn't know how to be alone. She didn't know, like she was always seeking external validation because she couldn't validate herself. And so she actually ended up going to South Korea because she was like, I just want to completely change my environment, not get into a relationship because I have to love myself. And so now she has this experiment called Project Um loving myself or something like that on on instagram and she talks about the struggles of living in south korea with limited experience speaking korean she doesn't really speak the language and being pretty much alone in a foreign country where she hasn't been able to like make friends and she's saying i feel myself slipping sometimes but i pick myself back up and i realize why i did it to begin with because I need to love myself. I need to know that whatever I was seeking from everybody else, I can validate myself. I don't need someone to validate me. I can take myself out on really nice dates. I don't need someone to take me on a nice date. 
etc so even if i was to use my example from high school right i was extremely young i was like 13 and i was like oh i'm in a relationship now <laughs> so do we do we do we don't hold hands no do we even hug no but it was just like the concept of i'm in a relationship but what was happening at home my dad had recently remarried like he had only been remarried for a year like he he was basically with my stepmom in my stepmom was living with us basically for a year but at that point and uh my mom was not happy at the fact that my dad was remarried um we were used to living with my grandparents so that support system completely was pulled away from us and it's like okay guys now acclimatize boom change of scenery new person in the home and mind you like i love my stepmom she's amazing but it's like oh new 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 woman in the house your mom's not here sort it out you know just get used to it no trial period no no let me ask if you're okay no like let me check in and see how you're doing just boom done i want this woman because it makes me happy and i don't give a flying f if you give a shit or not right and so for me i was like well my mom's not really like giving me like the love that i need in the way that i need it my dad's too busy focusing on his new wife and this life that he wants to build meanwhile he's got two kids from his previous marriage that have basically been left in the world to kind of like figure things out on their own. And so you start to develop almost like a sense of I'm worthless, I'm not good enough. I need someone to tell me I'm beautiful. I need someone to tell me I'm special. I need someone to make me feel like I mean something, blah blah blah. Um but it's actually interesting because when we do talk about high schoolers and this um emotion of love, is it love or is it lust? because i think when you're going through extreme hormonal changes at that age especially for boys right when you have the increase in testosterone you actually it's actually lust and it's basically your sex organs are like you know lighting up basically female sex it's organs so whenever whenever they basically um ovulate they get turned on you know it's time to make a baby so you've got a hypersexualized female hypersexualized male who haven't experienced these raging hormones before it's like switched on overnight basically and now they're trying to navigate the world of of you know love or whatever of or just even their own self and their own physical changes right but it's actually interesting because um in christianity right they talk about the seven deadly sins and lust is one of the seven deadly sins because apparently it's a vice that leads people down to a path of misdeeds and moral corruption and even in islam for example we have the concept of lowering your gaze right you need to make sure that you're not ogling a woman or a man like out of respect you know you don't you just don't do this and it's funny because even shakespeare right with when we think of shakespeare we think of romeo and juliet oh romeo saw juliet juliet saw romeo they fell in love meanwhile romeo was 17 and juliet was 13 but put that to one side for a second The most interesting quote about love from Shakespeare actually comes from my most favorite play that he has called A Midsummer Night's Dream. And what he says is, love looks not with the eyes but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind. So the image of Cupid apparently is painted blind. Doesn't have is not able to see, and that's because you don't love with your eyes, you love with your mind. and maybe that's really like when you're looking at someone across at a club you're like oh my god like she's so hot like i want to approach her and talk to her it's like but that's not love that's lust you're lusting for somebody so that so using your eyes to like eat somebody right 
as the initial like phase it's it's a lustful thing it's not actually coming from love and the two um chemical like the there's in it's an entirely different chemical reaction in your brain yeah. when you lust for somebody and when you love for, love somebody but we'll get into that i'm going to pass it on to sam yeah. i think you've touched on a, a few interesting points there that i actually want to address and what you're saying was very interesting as well and what i wanted to say if i remember this um you know again like you made a good point so all of a sudden you know you're a teenager those those um switches relating to like sexual attraction and whatnot previously switched off there was nothing there in your brain it wasn't firing and all of a sudden overnight it just switches on and they're all firing and firing really hard and that's the irony like you know you again like you can talk to grown adults nowadays in their 30s 40s 50s 60s and like yeah you know my first love in high school and blah 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 it's like and i sit there like i, I listen but I, honestly I, I don't take it very seriously and people might get offended and be like what are you talking about you don't understand it's like no i do understand i honestly don't think you understand and you're looking at it in such a simplistic way because this is how I look at it, you know, how many, how many of those relations, supposed relationships, I put quotation marks, actually lasted. They didn't, most of them didn't last. Look, you have a few people with, who remained with their childhood sweethearts and all that stuff, but those are more the exceptions than the rule. And the reality is most people don't even love themselves. So how are they even capable of knowing what real love is if you can't love yourself truly how can you love someone else and i feel like what most people particularly from when they are young and it's not to say it's just a specific set of people the majority of us are seeking validation we want to be told by someone as you pointed out amani you know you're special you're beautiful you're desirable you're attracted attractive and to be fair, that applies more so to women than guys. I don't think men are that desperate for the validation of the opposite sex as women are. Men actually seek the validation of their male counterparts more than they do the females. So if you see a group of guys together and like let's say their girlfriends or their wife, their wives, you know, happen to be around, the, the behavior of those guys all of a sudden changes. They're not necessarily more loving or affectionate to the woman in front of their their mates. All of a sudden, the guy becomes really like rigid, you know, or very like um, overly, let's say, distant because he's trying to prove to his friends is like, you know, I'm one of the boys. I'm like you guys, you know, like no woman can kind of change me. I'm like, I'm not going to mold my behavior. That's the truth. Males seek male validation. Females seek, generally speaking, and I'm, you know, a few people with pitchforks will come out and be like, what are you talking about? Females don't seek male validation. But, you know, for the most part, I think they genuinely do. You get what I'm saying? Like the majority of, you don't generally see guys on Instagram posting, you know, themselves in, in various outfits, generally speaking, or like semi-naked because they're trying to um, get the likes of other dudes. They're not the majority of like let's say these social platforms you have women who you know are showing off their bodies or their physiques or their figures because they're trying to get validation and you know generally they tend to spend more time on social media than the males do you know men are more likely to spend their time playing video games call of duty online with their mates 
than they are to to be like, hey, you know, check check out my body in this outfit. So I kind of want to steer it in a little bit of a different direction, but when we think of the animal kingdom, we don't think of love. We don't think of two chimpanzees falling in love or two penguins falling in love or two dolphins falling in love, etc. So most, I think all of the animal kingdom doesn't actually mate for love. They mate for reproduction. I mean, you have species like dolphins who actually have sex because it's enjoyable. But aside from dolphins, I don't think any other animal actually has sex because it's enjoyable except for dolphins and and humans. Um, And I mean, penguins mate for life. There's, There's that. But generally, I mean, female spiders, once the male impregnates them, they eat the male. So, um, you know, you've got all sorts of, I mean, seahorses, I think they switch between male and female. No? no, no. No? The men, the men give birth. They just carry the babies. Yeah, the men give birth for the, (laughs) the men carry the babies for the female and pop them out of their pouch, which is cute. And like, anyway, never mind. I love seahorses anyway. Um, You know, like, but when we think of love, right? in a relationship or in a marriage, if the entire animal kingdom does not have this concept and humans are animals, why is it that we need this? And it begs the question of, is it simply a construct that we've been fed to believe exists or that we need to strive to seek in life? Or is it something within us on, on a hormonal level that switches at a certain point and our life basically cannot be fulfilled for most people unless that hole basically is filled. And interestingly enough, when we think back to the 18th and 19th centuries prior to that, there was no such thing as a love marriage. It just did not exist. And so the 18th and 19th centuries came around, you had the French and American revolutions, and all of a sudden this concept of love marriages came about. And it's like, but before that, how did these relationships succeed? if it wasn't for love. Did people feel love in the same way that we do now if they weren't driven by those things or were they driven by things like status and money and family ties and power and I don't, I don't know, like land or whatever it is. Maybe those were the things in their minds that were causing them to pursue X instead of Y, for example. But now all of a sudden with the rise of females in the workforce and everything being priced for two, Women no longer need men in that capacity. And I think it's it's a good thing, right? I think women need to be independent and go-getters and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm all for it, you know, and people can choose whatever lifestyle they want for themselves. But all of a sudden, that concept of needing to get married for certain reasons has completely fallen away because now you've got an independent male, an independent female. People have the choice to get married. It's not even forced anymore. Um, you know, there's especially in Western countries, we're, we're so liberal when it comes to marriage or children or anything like that, or like building lives together or whatever it might be. So it's kind of like, were we driven by different things back then when we sought out a partner, and were these the things firing in our brain compared to now? Wow. Yep. <laughs> there's so much to unpack there, but again, some really really good points, particularly with the concept of you know, prior to the 1900s, the majority of marriages in Western society, we're saying, looking at Western society, were not love-based marriages. They were marriages of convenience. They were marriages of, um, you know, establishing family bonds 
right? There were marriages to do with like, you know, two dynasties coming together or say, for example, two warring factions trying to kind of reach some sort of, um, not necessarily resolution, but like an understanding. And they say, okay, well, you marry my daughter, marry, well, your daughter marries my son, you know, and therefore we're part of the same lineage. And yeah, and that's very common in the Middle East and very common in, in other places in the world. And, you know, what's interesting is we're not, we're not, so yes. And then after the, you know, the 1900s, uh, not after the 1900s, but more like towards the middle of the, the 1900s, you know, people started marrying for love. But the question is, what is love? That's what we're trying to establish you know, and I, I really like this. I really like what you what you were saying. Um, in terms of like what what I think love is, you know, I, I don't think love is this kind of like linear, you know, black and white kind of standard definition. It's a very complex thing to define. And I don't think people understand that love is only one aspect of a relationship it literally is and it's not necessarily the most important aspect of a relationship because if you ask me what's the most important aspect of a relationship it's basically respect understanding compassion you know there's a care for the other person um and somehow people have kind of confounded all these things and said, this is love. But that's not love. Because a lot of people who say, like, I remember we were just watching um, earlier this this bridal show that Manny was watching on Channel 9. And, like, these 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 future brides are all, like, finding their, um, their bridal gowns, bridal dresses. And one and they were giving, like, an intro. And one lady's like, you know, my the, her fiancé is, like, the love of her life. But, you know, the amount of times I've heard people say stuff like that... And then they break up. It's like, you, you, you know, like, do you understand what love is? You know, I'm not saying like that person isn't the love of her life, but I can guarantee like the majority of people, unfortunately, have said that aren't necessarily with those with the people that they originally thought were, were the loves, the loves of their life. Um, before I continue, I'm just going to pass it on to Manny because I'm actually formulating my view. I was about to get to what is love. I actually wanted to dive into the concept, like we were talking just briefly about whether prior to the 18th and 19th centuries, people valued love or were driven by love. But I remember back in year seven, we were doing ancient uh, history and we were learning about ancient Egypt. And one of the interesting facts, I'm, I'm like a massive nerd and I love ancient history. And one of the things, interestingly enough, that I came across when I was reading about ancient Egypt was the concept of wedding rings. They actually originated 5,000 years ago in ancient Egypt. And they were given on the left hand, the, four, the fourth finger on the left hand, basically the wedding ring, because it connects to the vein of love that connects to your heart, basically. So it runs underneath your finger all the way through to your heart. And that's why they wore it on that on that finger. And the reason why, for example, it's um do you know why wedding rings are circular? It symbolizes infinite love. Anyway, but but basically, moving on from that point, 
I wanted to talk about the commercialization of love. And yeah, Valentine's Day is one of them. But if we move past the concept of the wedding ring from ancient Egypt and we go towards diamond rings, which is what we all know now as the sign of engagement and love and the bigger the diamond, the more the man loves you, all that rubbish, you know. Yeah, interestingly enough, the engagement ring tradition started over a thousand years ago and it was given in high societies. That's like their way of showing their status and, and their symbols and whatever. The first diamond engagement ring is actually traced back to 1477. Um, where some guy called Archduke Maximilian of Austria proposed to marry Burgundy. Um, but they didn't become popular until the 1900s because of De Beers. So in 1947, they premiered a new campaign that said, A Diamond is Forever. And interestingly enough, there's actually a James Bond song that says diamonds are forever as well. Moving on. But um, the reason why they've been popularized so much is because diamonds are actually the hardest natural stone apparently diamonds nothing beats a diamond sparkle they're clear and go with everything and they're universally loved and treasured but with the rise of you know man-made diamonds like lots of diamond um, miners and stuff like that probably crapping themselves wondering whether or not the value of this diamond ring or whether or not the value of wedding rings or engagement rings in general will just completely crash. And I mean, now when you think about the amount of people that actually are getting married, for example, like I think in Spain, the average age to get married is like 37 or something like that. And it's increasing like around the world because people can't afford to get married. And also they can't find the right partner either in a lot of instances that matches up to like what they're trying to find. Especially, for example, as women continue to raise their standards and become more educated and they're surpassing their male counterparts, it's a lot harder for women to find somebody that is up to their standards. And so they're like, well, if I can live my life on my own, why the hell would I go for this like dropkick basically? Just because he's like, baby, I love you. She's like, well, I don't care. Like, you know, I love my salary and I love traveling around the world without a dead weight around my leg. <laughs> okay, ready. Um, let me let me take this back to, okay, what is love is, as far as I understand it? Because I'm not saying let's just discount it. Let's just say love isn't important. Of course, like, but let's first of all try and unpack what love is, right? So here's the thing. I feel like when you first meet someone, like you can't really say to yourself, I love them because you literally haven't even had the opportunity in most cases to speak to them, to truly understand what they're about, to even truly understand their life and the things that they've been through. A lot of people base their initial um, kind of perceptions or ideas of someone based on the most minute pieces of information that are available to them. For some people, it could literally be the first three seconds that person saw the person, like you, you saw the person across the room, you're like, I love this person, or I'm in love, but how? You literally don't even know them. You don't even know if they're a serial killer, a murderer. What was it to you? So, what was it to me and Manny's asked? So, what I was going to say first of all was, yeah, so, so people like, okay, you know, they're basing this concept of initially love on 
a feeling, right? And for me, I'll be honest, like not to say like I'm special or I'm, I'm great or I have some ability that other people don't have. Maybe I'm just a bit more cynical in life. Maybe, I've, maybe I'm more cerebral or kind of I rationalize love. And maybe that's the wrong way. But the way I looked at it was when I first, when I like, I, like when I would see other women, whatever, like, you know, your heart would start to race and all this stuff, but that's just more like attraction. When I saw you, it was weird. First, the first feeling that I, I felt was a sense of familiarity. I was like, I don't know, this person just seems really familiar. It's almost like I've had a past life with you. I didn't know how to explain it, but I was like, this person seems very familiar, right? And then the other aspect of it was, it was just attraction for me. It was like, okay, upon this, aside from this person feeling familiar, this person I find to be quite attractive in my eyes. Maybe other people don't find you attractive, right? <laughs> but for whatever reason, there was something that's biologically, physiologically inside me was just like, I find this person to be attractive. And it was more based on your photos that I also saw online before I even truly, um, truly met you face to face. Because I'd come across your profile, not dating profile, but like just her Facebook um, beforehand. And I was like, hmm, you know, this person just seems attractive and familiar at the same time. And then the other thing was when I met you, like, I remember when we had our first kind of conversation, all of that stuff, like I was just flustered and then you were saying weird things and I was saying weird things and all that stuff, but there was just something innocent and warm about it. And then I felt like, you know what, slowly, slowly, I realized I can actually just kind of let go and be myself around this person. You know, I don't have to take things too seriously. Um, I can just like really kind of lighten up around this individual. And then over time, as you and I shared stories with each other, I think I just developed a bond and then kind of an understanding. And I really liked the way you, you, you would think about things. I really liked your caring, nurturing side, your kind of upbeat attitude and, and perspective of the world. There was so many different variables at play. And, that's, and the thing is, I'll be honest with you, like it took... Before a person could truly, before I could truly say like, I am deeply in love or I'm really, really in love, right? It was a process, a process that probably took several months. And what really fascinates me is people that supposedly fall in love in the first couple of days, in the first week or two weeks, and then they get married or after a month or like, you know, they're off running, running away you know, they've run, ran away to live together or something like that, or they've made these massive promises and commitments to each other. But I was like, but you, you know, you, you, how can you love so quickly, right? And again, like my mindset, my, my interpretation of love is what I just described. It's just a combination of factors. And that's not to say, like, like again, I, I, it, it's a bit confusing because I'm like, I want to say, love is kind of one thing and then these these are other things and like i'm kind of like forcing them into the package of love but i don't i don't i don't think i think now that i'm married and i've had time to kind of really reflect on life and, and things i was like now i understand truly truly what what love is like what it was at the beginning what i thought it was at the beginning wasn't really like love love that's the truth i think 
love is when you look at the person that you're with and you can't imagine anything bad happening to them. It's when you look at the person that you're with and you're like, you see them stressed, you see them upset or angry or something and it impacts you. And you might even think to yourself, you're like, how can I ease this person's burden? Or you, when, or another example would be, it doesn't have to be necessarily a negative thing. It's like when you see that person smiling or happy, that person's joy alone somehow makes you feel happy, you know? And that's what I'm saying. That's what that's the way I interpret love. Because when I see people in relationships who supposedly married for love, right? And there's plenty of people out there like that. And they'll convince you that they are in love and all that stuff. But what kills me is, and this is not a common thing. Well, maybe it is. But let's say this guy that's professed his love to this woman, right? And he goes to, and like, you know, they got, they got married and, you know, that kind of honeymoon phase dives away and the real realities of life kick in, cooking, cleaning, working, you know, you can't escape all this stuff. And all of a sudden the guy becomes more irritable and irritable and all these things start to really like play him. Maybe, maybe, maybe the person he's with, assuming it's, it's a female, she's getting, you know, more, let's say she's, she's got her own issues and blah, blah, blah stuff. And, you know, there's, there's issues within the relationship. All of a sudden, the guy starts to get physical, you know, and he starts hitting her or he starts emotionally abusing her or whatever it is, financially, financial abuse and all that. And I'm like, but if you were truly, ever truly in love, you wouldn't want to hurt that person. And let's say you had a brief moment where you, let's say, you, just, you, you, were, you, you, you had a brain snap and you weren't thinking clearly, but then you quickly re- come back very, very quickly, I'm saying, and you say to yourself, what have I done? Why did I say that? And then you apologize and you say, that was completely unacceptable. That's not me. Maybe a person could say, all right, there is some capacity of love. But I don't think any person that is in a relationship that's been physically abused, emotionally abused, right, sexually, financially, was really with a person that was in love with them, nor did they actually love that person themselves because you can't, if a person that's truly in love doesn't want to see the person that they're with hurt, doesn't want to see the person they're with miserable. If anything, their joy makes you happy. And it's not about this self, because some people are, are extremely selfish. It's not about the other person's happiness necessarily. All they think about is themselves. And people that think about themselves, only themselves really, lack the capacity for true love. That got heated in the end. Sam was like, you're lying. No, you guys aren't in love. Your, your life's a fake. You don't understand what love is. What is love? What is love? <laughs> but no, I agree with a lot of what you've said as well. And even like thinking back to when we met and, you know, when you were talking about your first, you know, when people are like in high school and they're like, oh, my God, I can never forget my first love, blah, blah, blah. So the funny thing is in high school, I was like, oh, my God, like I totally love this person. But it's only when you're truly in love that you actually understand what love is. What happened with this and, person? What happened? But I mean, for the just, just tell them what happened. Well, okay. So I was in year nine. The person that you were in love with. Oh, I was talking about the other. Oh, okay. So I knew this guy. If you're out there, um, Sam. <laughs> just a massive fuck you. <laughs> so basically, um, I was in year nine. Um, I had a friend and her name was never mind and then um there was another guy his name was daniel 
and basically Daniel was a massive asshole but for some reason like we ended up like going out together anyway and by going out I mean like not actually really going out just kind of like oh my god like I like you oh my god like I like you too oh my god and that's basically it and then meanwhile like <coughs> Sam liked me but I didn't want to ruin the friendship because we were like best 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 friends in the end the other girl who's who was my friend said oh do you like Sam and I said oh even though I did I was like no I don't and then she was like okay I'm gonna try my shot right but then he told her that he liked me and then she told me that he liked me and then she backed off and I was like oh okay anyway fast forward to year 10 after a few months of being with this other guy who was just a massive piece of shit basically it ended after he used my pizza money to buy a pizza with ham on it for him and his friends instead of the pizza that I fully paid for for myself but anyway and then in the end in year 11 this is like a, like about a year and a half later I tell Sam by the way like I like you and then he says I don't like you and I was like okay and then three months later he goes no I do like you but I just wanted you to feel how I felt three years ago and I was like mate like I was 13 back then like now I'm 16 like what's anyway whatever and then in the end like we got together and by getting together I mean like no holding hands no hugging no nothing just oh my god I like you so much and then the summer holidays came around and then my friend from U9 who I just introduced you guys to like a few seconds ago cheated with him during the summer holidays did she cheat with him or did he cheat with he cheated with her but I mean like they both cheated together right and then I literally had to sit my entire year 12 year with them in my hold on with them in my face right and then he comes back and he's like i still love you and i was like are you serious i was like if you loved me you wouldn't have cheated on me anyway uh but i'm gonna finish my (laughs) sorry guys i have to jump in for a second correct this story because this is how she taught it to me as well like that's so she's trying to trying to like water it down she so this this guy right who's, who's bolting right now but um, he, he, he's the type of guy that literally sold words, right? He's like, oh, you know, I care about you and all of this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And you mean so much to me, right? And to be fair, like, Amanda was a loner. She didn't have friends and all that stuff. And it was more like sympathy. That's based on what she told okay. me. <laughs> then what happens is, so after this guy makes himself to be like emotionally available and understanding, compassionate, supposedly, it's the school holidays. And then he's out cheating cheating like in like this is a guy who literally wasn't a good character right because he wanted to cross the line and he just happened to find a girl right that would cross the line with him at that age you know and that's his end outcome and when he got his end outcome he goes comes back and he's like you know i don't know what i was thinking blah blah, blah. at the end of the day one this guy is a cheater Two, he has no discipline. And three, like you can't go to someone like you you like them, but you, you have the ability to wrong them in such a d- disgusting and hurtful way. You get what I'm saying? And the problem is, as Manny pointed out earlier, when you grow up in a, in a kind of very broken home, you're not really given love or attention or whatever. You've got manipulative people, right? Who hijack the concept of love, right? And they'll say they'll give you the compliments that you want to hear. They'll say the right things, because again, 
a lot of people lack the real the, the actual ability to be in love because you don't cheat or hurt the people that you love <clears throat> very 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 true but i just wanted to jump back on track and just fill in the story about how you felt when you met me that was the only time i think in my whole life where i had this indescribable feeling inside of me and i was like i've never felt this before like this is such a weird feeling like and in the same way that you said that you felt um like connected to me in some way before we met i had the exact same feeling and when we did meet it was literally like the moment i saw you without even saying a word i was like i'm going to like marry this person this person's actually my husband and like I knew in that moment, I was like, I'm, I'm this person that I've just said hello to is going to be my husband one day. And I couldn't explain it. I don't know why I felt that way. I just did. And it was like immediate. And um, but just on that point, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm in two minds, right? Because people get divorced, right? And then people get married to other people or sometimes they don't. And sometimes the people that they end up marrying after their divorce end up being the ones for them. But it begs the question, were you not in love before? Were you in love just now? Like, did you even know what love was? Or like, do you, can you love your new spouse in the same way that you loved your previous spouse? Did you love your previous spouse in a, in, in a more intense way than you love your new spouse? Can the two loves be equal? Like, it's very hard to kind of conceptualize and it's something that I personally can't really wrap my head around. But for me, I used to like, it kind of makes me think that maybe like love is a numbers game. So say, for example, there are 7 billion people. I think we've gone to like 8 billion now. Um, you know, there are 8 billion people in the world. But now like you bring it down to how many people are in Australia. And all of a sudden you've cut your numbers down from 7 billion people to eight uh, so 25 million people and then you narrow it down to just new south wales and then you know that's basically down to five million people oh sorry yeah five million people and then sorry sydney has five million people so you look at sydney alone five million people then you're like okay now people who uh have, have the same cultural and religious values as me then you're down to like let's say there are only seventeen thousand palestinian people in australia so there's not that many in sydney and then you're like, okay, so now I'm down to maybe like a thousand people. And now how many people of those a thousand people am I going to come across in my lifetime? Probably 20 of them. And then from those 20, how many actually have the morals and values that align with mine? Maybe two people. How many of them have the same educational requirements and outlook on life and what, like the little tiny nuances, right? Maybe one, maybe none. And so all of a sudden, when you're playing the numbers game and you're reducing your pool, right? It begs the question, is it truly love that you're feeling with this person? Or is it that based on all of the checklist items that you have in your mind, right? Through a process of elimination, right? You're like, okay, ding, ding, ding. This is the person. Now the brain fires up, right? With the, with the hormones, with the serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, etc., right? The factory gets going and all of a sudden you're in love. And then you look at it from more of a holistic perspective or even a religious perspective. And in the Quran, God says, and I created you in pairs. So it's like, okay, maybe even through this process of elimination, right? Maybe when I met you, 
maybe God said, maybe God put you and me in front of each other and said, but you were the pairs that were created together. So notwithstanding the fact that out of this entire numbers game that played out, right, you met each other, you were also soulmates as well. Yeah, so that's that's an, like a, another thing we can get into. So soulmates, twin flames mm-hmm. and all that. So stuff like that, I actually... They're just the numbers yeah, yeah so i actually believe in, in in believing that stuff but again this is this is what we're kind of grappling with and we're struggling which is again like saying like is love an actual thing does it exist what is it blah 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 and again like i i've always struggled with this concept myself and i think you're struggling and i think if we ask anyone else yeah. they will also genuinely struggle or have different opinions, or have different yeah. opinions as well so you know to be fair guys again like i'll go back to it like so if, if you look, for example, which marriage... So we, we know in terms of like West, in Western civilization or Western countries, the divorce rate is about 50%, right? And that's quite telling, right? Because if everyone's marrying supposedly for love because they're not constrained by religion, culture, you know, like you have to marry the you know, person's daughter because, you know, your families have to establish these bonds... Then what doesn't make any sense for for the divorce rate to be fifty percent? It just doesn't because people are in love and people who are in love want to be together, right? Till death do us part, or you know, um, again the love of my life. You hear all these random things that people are saying, but the reality is, the marriages that are actually quite successful are not the ones who initially based on this concept of love whatever that means again because i still i don't think we've defined it nor do we truly understand it a lot of these a lot of the marriages that we're seeing that are quite successful i mean people as they say they kind of grow to love that person now that's that's a whole separate area um so so why are these love marriages failing so miserably right it's because again people aren't really in love like it's what what is it this is the way i understand it there's a good chunk of people in this world and I don't blame them. I'm not saying like I'm any different or anything. There's a good majority of people in this world who are afraid of being alone. They don't want to be alone. So they'd rather accept anything and literally delude themselves or convince themselves, you know, that this person is so special and is everything. And they'll project the stuff that they have in their head of what they want onto this person even though this person right amongst your friends your family is so far removed from that actual reality but you're so desperate for let's say affection and love and whatever it is that you're you're saying to yourself you know i've said to myself this person means so much to me blah 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 i'm in love not necessarily you're just afraid of being alone but even when you're talking about love marriages and love marriages not being entirely successful i actually agree with that but i also think that the concept of marriage itself is interesting especially in western culture i mean we we don't we don't come from a western culture but we live in a western country and therefore have a deep understanding of western culture and what's interesting is a lot of de facto couples for example will live together for 10 15 years in love right they have a house together they have kids together they have a pet together they go to bloody buddings every weekend with their dog in the little pram with their kid pushing the dog in the pram etc right and yet the moment they get married a year later 
not even a year later they're divorced and it's almost as though the concept of not being married gave them the freedom of having out whereas the concept of marriage is almost like a noose tied around the neck suffocating them slowly and forbidding them from having the freedoms that they could have otherwise had had they not been tied to the concept of marriage and yet realistically right they weren't necessarily doing the wrong thing outside of a marriage but it's simply the concept of a marriage right the concept of there is now this piece of paper that legally binds me to being faithful or whatever it is that scares the crap out of people so intensely that they'd get divorced so the question is did you ever really love the person if you always had the concept in your mind of having a cheap quick easy out because the moment you got married it's like i can't do this anymore i can't tolerate this this is driving me insane i feel suffocated i can't be a part of this i need to get divorced and for me it's just it's never really made sense to me like no uh, i completely agree and it doesn't make any sense and and, and you're right and it's weird that for some reason like i've seen it personally i've actually seen like i had a neighbor back in the day with this guy for seven years right and then as soon as they're about to get married their relationship ended you know or other people they've like i'm sure that everyone's seen the celebrities right they'll be like together for like a couple of years get married then within a year or two they're divorced it's like you're right because this concept of permanency scares people you know um but then supposedly people are going around saying love my life like come on you know let's be honest um so 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 what do i see well, like because I, I know we've kind of gone around in circles what i see is this to be with someone you know what we're what we're all truly looking for is respect honesty integrity transparency some kind of at least um common ground to some degree i'm not saying you guys have to be alike because i don't think that's necessarily correct like this there, there has to be some level of common ground values beliefs you know um even like a, a few hobbies here and there whatever even if it's not a few hobbies there's a respect for the other person's interests you know and the main one being communication right and i'm telling i think the reason why a lot of these love marriages are failing suppose because these supposed love marriages because their foundations are literally built on nothing. It's it's either people being afraid to be alone, someone's seeking validation, and this person's literally validating them, be it directly or indirectly, by being with them or saying nice things, or it's this 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 fear. It's not this fear. It's like competition. Like all these all the other girls are getting married or settling down or finding someone. I must do the same thing. And the same thing with guys. Like all oh, my mates are, you know, finding girlfriends or fiancés or getting married. I have to do the same thing. But some people are just jumping right into it, right? Without looking for the essential elements or ingredients for a successful long-term partnership. That's what it is, a partnership, right? Because, you know, when they, drew, when they came up with the concept of the heart, what is the heart? It's literally because your heart doesn't look like that emoji heart that you see. It's only half of what you see. Right? If you actually look at the human heart, it's half of the emoji heart. A heart is basically two human hearts combined together and it gives that shape that you see in emojis and whatever on Valentine's Day because it's the, it's the partnership of two people. Right? And when, what, it, what it means, at least the way I look at it, is it's two people coming together 
and saying, we're going to do life together. And, you know, I find you attractive. Um, I, I respect you, at least in the initial, at the very beginning. Because what happens over time in relationships, I find, is that attraction and respect kind of diminishes, unfortunately. Because, in generally, from the perspective of the woman, if it's a heterosexual relationship, because remember, 70% of divorces are initiated by women. And if those women are educated, it's 90%. Because what happens is those the women once once the once the um the tunnel vision's gone and kind of that the cloudy vision sharpens again, they start to lose the respect for the man that they're with because they what happened initially was they projected onto this man the qualities that they wanted but didn't actually exist you know this guy could be a man child playing video games right doesn't really have a stable job doesn't really have any, like any any ambition or career path in fact probably has could have like deadbeat friends but she was so desperate to be, want to believe that he could be this potential guy right because a lot of unfortunately women invest in potential right but he could be not he is look at it, look at their actions and once that starts to kind of dwindle, the respect declines. And aside from the respect, or respect also, maybe even the attraction. Maybe they start to realize, ah, actually, I'm not actually physically attracted to this human being. This human being, I found to be attractive, for the simple fact that they made me feel good about myself, because they knew which buttons to press in terms of like, let's say, complimenting me the right way. You know, telling me, oh, you're so sexy, or you're so amazing smart but they literally you might realize later on were literally charlatans like they were just they could say this to any other person without any real deeper meaning behind it because for them they're like my i've got a particular objective in my mind and i know that if i bring her flowers and i do this and i say this but then when you get into a long-term partnership or relationship you start to say wait this person doesn't actually care about me they don't help me cook they don't help me clean they don't help me um you know take out the trash they don't really care about my well-being they think my like my the music i listen to is 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 stupid right oh you, you're dumb you listen to taylor swift or whatever right or they go and then there's plenty of guys even if you're not into like let's say astrology or whatever they'll be like that's just dumb that's so stupid but if you care about the person you're with you can just show them respect but slowly they start to realize there's very little respect and they also realize maybe that person doesn't have ambition and they realize you know when people, I, I, I think like slowly, slowly, they just kind of wake up. Interestingly enough, there's actually an Arabic saying, which is, which basically translates to, when the ice melts, the shit appears. And it's actually used in the context of relationships. So initially people put the best foot forward. Right, it's like I'll wear the best thing I could possibly find in my wardrobe. Right if thing. I'll say the right things, I'll act in the right way. If it's a guy who be like, I know, like she likes me looking like this, and I know she likes his perfume, and I know she wants me to like buy her flowers, and like she likes this restaurant, and like yeah, I'm gonna put my best foot forward and show myself off in the best way that I possibly can. And for females, it's like I know I'm gonna like dress up, I'm gonna put my makeup on, I'm gonna do my hair, I'm gonna be very feminine, I'm gonna be very soft. And then fast forward six months, one year, both of them are, you know, tied to each other by that point. And all of a sudden, the ice melts. Slowly but surely, the ice always melts, right? And then she's like, 
who the F is this? Like, this isn't the guy that I met six months ago who was charming and took me to these restaurants and dressed up and smelled so nice and went to the gym five times a week and had these this sexy physique. All of a sudden, he's just some slob basically on his couch, gaming all day with his friends, eating tuna from a can with like, I don't know, freaking rice on the side, counting like his macros, you know, like whatever. You know, that's basically his life, hasn't showered, it's 5 p.m., hasn't brushed his teeth. You know, all of a sudden, he's like, oh my God, she's such a bitch. You know, all she wants to do is shit talk people. She's a massive backstabber. She has a terrible personality. She's so masculine. She's just like, she has BDE, etc. right? And then all of a sudden, neither one is attracted to the other. And so for me, when I met you, right, I had a policy of legitimately what you see, right, is what you get. Actually, in fact, I probably showed you the worst of me at the start. And then I gradually showed you the better sides of me. But that's because I didn't want you to walk into the relationship disillusioned by who I am or what I say I am or, or whatever it might be. Like, I'm not going to sell myself as something that I'm actually not. And then waste your time for six months or a year and then say, surprise, I'm actually nothing like you thought I was. And this is actually me. But as to what I think love is, I always, I've always actually framed it in the negative view rather than in the positive. So I don't think you can love everything about a person. It's impossible. You can't love every quality about a person. You can love the person, but there are days you hate the person. There are days you're mad with the person. There are days you might want to kill the person, right? But for me, it's like, do I love most of this person's traits? Do I love the fact that like Sam, for example, is polite and kind-hearted and hardworking and determined and respectful and literally will do anything just to make people around him like happy and he will stop at nothing just to help someone succeed in life that's the kind of person he is and they're admirable qualities but everyone's got negative qualities as well like for example sam can be overly critical and that's something that like i mean he's worked on it a lot he's nowhere near as overly critical as he was but like i mean i've got terrible qualities as well right i'm, I'm not saying i'm a saint but it's for me love is can I accept Sam's negative qualities or will they drive me to the point of me wanting to walk away from the relationship and so for me love's always been but can I live with this person's worst traits right because you can love it someone can be like a 10 right he's a 10 but right he's a 10 but he doesn't treat his family well he's a shithead he's out doing drugs every night you know he hasn't showered till 5 p.m he's let himself go doesn't respect himself, doesn't respect his body, slacks off at work, right? All of a sudden, he might have all of these amazing 10 out of 10 qualities, but there are so many things in him that are just like deal breakers, right? Meanwhile, you go for a guy who's maybe like a nine or an eight, right? But the deal breakers are maybe like a one out of 10, not an 11 out of 10. And therefore, what you're actually getting is a far better outcome for you then the 10, 10, 10 out of 10 charlatan basically has got all of these shitty qualities that show up later or that you know you can't live with or he might have such a temper he might treat you like a queen and then all of a sudden he's had a bad day he comes back he smashes half the things in the house right and that's i mean put, putting love to one side right could i love a person like that no but can i love a person who's consistent in every way right but also their negative qualities 
aren't, some, aren't, aren't things that are going to make me walk out of that house. They're negative qualities, but they're not deal-breaker negative qualities. Yes, that's a good point, actually, because everyone has um, negative traits, right, including myself. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm perfect, nor are you perfect. And you're right, you know, sometimes you have to say to yourself, you have to do kind of like a, I know it sounds really cost-benefit analysis. I didn't want to say cost-benefit analysis, um, but that's how you kind of have to look at it in some respects. And you say, am I, are these negative traits traits that I can kind of tolerate or are not that bad in the grand scheme of things, particularly given that this person themselves is quite reasonable and has a lot of great quality characteristics. So it's not like, say for example, if these negative traits are like they're physically violent, emotionally manipulative or something like that. No, these are, for me personally, these aren't acceptable traits. But also I feel like the issue with some people is they will have negative, like these really negative experiences with certain partners. And when I say really negative, I'm talking about domestic violence. I'm talking about financial, sexual abuse, whatever. And they'll downplay all of this past behavior. If that person, after they've had their moment, kind of comes back and says no but i still love you you know you mean so much to me you know i've actually booked this restaurant and i've done all this stuff and i just want to make it up to you i was like that's not that's not love like again like that's you being trauma bonded to someone and then at the same time you're you're so you you lack such respect for yourself right and i don't think a person that truly understands love because if you truly understand love, you, you'll be saying to yourself, I know what real love is because I love myself. And when I say, when you, I don't mean it in like a narcissistic way, as in like, you love yourself and so you would want the best for yourself. So a person that can kind of overlook certain behaviors and pretend like they never happened or weren't a big deal, I don't think those people are capable of true love or understanding what real love is. And nor would they necessarily be in loving relationships. Because what they what they've done is they've literally just trauma bonded themselves to someone, on and and they're so afraid of walking away or speaking up, because there was an interesting moment where it's like, you know, if you love someone, you resp- you you know, there's like, again, it goes back to respect, like. I remember there was a point where, Amani, you were a vegetarian. You know, I was like, you know, that's your thing. All right, I respect it. You do you. And, and like, there are people out there where, like, if their partner doesn't eat meat, right, they, or they go to a restaurant where there's, like, no meat or something, they literally lose their shit or they just, like, they can't tolerate it. It's, inex- it's inexcusable, unacceptable. I need meat in front of me right now. I need to eat meat, you know, and then it's like, but you're only thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about the person you're around, you know, and you're not respecting that person's boundaries. And I feel like a lot of people, if they truly understand and respect that person and love them, they'll respect their boundaries. I think that also ties into tolerance. In every single relationship, you need a level of tolerance, right? So whether it's something that, 
accords with, for example, your outlook of, of life or your interests or your values or your whatever, right? If you're with that partner and you want to make it work, there's a level of toleration required, right? Or is that even a word? Tolerance. Toleration. I'm going to make it a word. God. I did four in English, but here. Yeah. Tis toleration. Anyway. And no, like tolerance is really important, but it actually goes back to, for example, the love languages. You've got five love languages. You've got physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, uh, acts of service, and there's one more. Gift giving, yeah. sorry. And so, for example, like with, with, with you, you had to tolerate things not necessarily being neat all the time despite the fact that you like things being orderly and tidy and organized. But there was a level of toler- tolerance, right, that you had to exercise to make it work. And I also, for example, didn't like harsh words. I love words of affirmation. I don't like anything negative to be said to me. So you had to also tune your critical nature, right, and say, I actually have to drop it because I love my spouse. So I know this hurts my spouse. I need to drop this and I need to kind of tune into their love language instead. So I was like, I know the house is messy. I'm going to tolerate that. But on top of that, like we're going to work together through communication so that we reach a middle ground that we're both comfortable with. But at the same time, I'm not going to say like harsh words to you. We're going to communicate in a healthy way. But at the same time, I'm going to give you the words of affirmation that you need Because maybe the reason why you can't clean the house is because you don't feel like you're mentally capable, right, of cleaning the house because you've got so much chaos in your mind, right? And so it's through the acts of like words of affirmation, right, that made me feel comfortable enough and safe enough in my home that I ended up giving back to you as well, right? And so for you, your love language was acts of service. And so when you went out with the boys on your on your road trip for your friend's bucks, I cleaned the house and I made a cake to take for you, to, to your parents and all of that. Not necessarily because I enjoy cleaning all weekend, but because I know that when you come back home, right, you would appreciate the fact that I've put in effort and I've done something that you really enjoy, like that you really like and that you really value, right? So for me, it's like I also have to and I also you know had to learn how to be tolerant as well of you know your needs and and your expectations and what you find fun and the time you want to spend with your friends and so for me it's like how do I as a person who's trying to be tolerant utilize my time to not only benefit me right but also do something nice for you as well and to show you that I really truly love you and care about you so it's like I'll spend time on me. I'm not going to bug you because I know that you really like quality time with the boys. It goes back to the acts of love, like love languages, right? So with your friends, it's not acts of service. It's um, it's quality time, right? So how do I allow you to exercise your love language with your friends, which is quality time, right? I can take a step back and be tolerant of your time with them, despite the fact that I have tendencies of being like emotionally needy, right? And also, how can I give to the relationship? I can make sure the house is tidy, right? So that you don't have to come back and stress. And so that, you're, you know, that high from your trip, right, continues. And also, like, it, it creates a positive vibe in our relationship as well. Because then I reap the rewards of that through the words of affirmation that I got as a result of that. 
And that's right. Like we all have a particular um, way in terms of how we want love to be shown towards us. And again, like when we're saying like, what is love? But again, maybe they call it the five love languages, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's like the love languages. I think it's like how a person who is intimately connected to another human being wants to be treated. You know, some everyone at the end of the day, everyone wants to be treated with respect. But also sometimes when a person, let's say when you're in a relationship, you when you when you have that bond or connection with someone, you're like, I like spending time with you, like watching movies together, going out, you know, to festivals or markets or, or whatever. Um, so that's your thing. Or like it could be an act of service. Like I do like it when someone offers me like, hey, look, I'm making some tea. Would you like some? Or hey, you know, I, I know that you, you, without even sometimes saying it, you could be like, I know they like the house tidy and it just makes them feel good. So I just tidy the house, right? Or like a person has a particular meal that they really enjoy. And th- that's, that's just a love language. I think what where a lot of people go wrong is they misinterpret, you know, another person's, yeah, misinterpret another person's actions towards them, which is in their kind of way, the way that they want to be loved, right? Um so say for example you know initially when we were together like i would give you what i wanted and you would give me what you wanted like i don't personally need words of affirmation because i used to say to you at the beginning i was like you know man it's 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 really nice that you say i love you but you have to understand for someone like me just saying i love you all day doesn't hold the same value or meaning as it would to someone such as yourself because for me, it's just a, it's just a word. I'm a person who looks at person, people's actions, whereas you you actually look at what people have to say, and that really does something for you. And so I had to learn to be like, okay, you know what? I can't go cleaning the house. And I used to do a lot. I would be like cleaning, cooking, whatever, you know, washing, blah blah blah. And I was like, this is what like how every, like you, you you watch TV or you see online. A lot of women are complaining about their partners not really like stepping up and then they have to beg their partners to throw out the trash or clean all that and i'm like i do all these things without you even asking and for the majority of the time the house is spotless and yet you don't you you never seem to value that and you'll be like how is you how is you how is it that when you clean the stovetop why sorry why would you think that cleaning the stovetop and throwing out the trash would make me think that you love me you know um, which is interesting because maybe your whole life, what you lacked, because we all kind of, actually, that's not probably it, but maybe what you really always wanted was just someone to say nice things to you because you never used to hear it that often. But maybe that's not the reason why, because growing up, my mom was super clean. So I don't know why I like things being, actually, there was a reason for that. It's because I remember my brother and I were saying, in another podcast like when things were chaotic at home we thought if everything was clean then everything's good maybe there's some some underlying reason behind it i just don't understand it right now but i wanted to kind of also focus on another thing right now since we're talking about what is love again love based on our loose definition can evolve over time as well but what scares me is that when people become more distant like partners become distant from each other people go into this really dangerous area which which really frustrates me all of a sudden they think we should have a baby 
because a baby will bring us together and will make us closer. And some people, they don't, a lot of, actually, a lot of people don't say it directly, you know. All of a sudden, they're like, ah, oh, you know, we should have a baby. And then like, they just go and have a baby. And like, it's probably one of the worst outcomes for them. Because they don't really know how to communicate well together. They don't really even know how to bond together. So all they've done is they've literally distracted themselves with a thing. And it's not fair on this child, right, to have to endure in the future their parents not being able to really engage, interact, communicate with each other, right? Because they never really said to themselves, wait, we have to we haven't even really laid the foundations for us to ha- like the proper foundations for us to have a long lasting intimate kind of connection because what these people sometimes end up doing then is by the time their children uh have reached adult age and they're 18 and they're about to move on with their lives the parents have attached themselves so much to the children because the reality is there was never any real love to their partner and so they kind of redirected that to their children and by the time the children are ready to live out their own lives, the parents kind of guilt trip them, you know, or hold them back from living their full full life because they're like, but you're my everything. You owe me, you know, like I need your emotional support. I need your, you know, your time and I need you to be there for me. It's like, but that's not the child's responsibility. Mm-hmm. That was your partner's responsibility. And you guys messed up so badly at the very beginning because you were so afraid of confronting reality for what it is that when you just got together, be it married or whatever, within six months to a year, you jumped into a, into a, into a, having a baby together because deep down inside, you know you have no real genuine connection with each other unless you know unless you genuinely did have that connection and you did want a baby together, but. And I'm, I, I might be taking an extreme here. That's why I need Eli to kind of rein me back in. <laughs> it's not Eli, by the way. <laughs> but, anyway, but, oh, sorry, I hit my leg. <laughs> but what's actually interesting is some, I've actually seen couples who were very in love with each other and then they had the baby. And then once they had the baby, really they sick. felt neglected <clears throat> and then they ended up getting divorced. And the reason why it happened was because it's like, you know, let's say, for example, it's the man to his wife, right? It's like, oh, baby, I love you. You're my world. You're my stars. You're my moon. You're my everything. I'll show you the world, blah, blah, blah. And they and he does, right, for the most part. All of a sudden, the wife's pregnant, right? Um, her body's changing. She's physically not looking like she used to look, right? The man starts to lose interest. I've seen it happen as well. In fact, most men cheat when their wife is pregnant or their, their baby is just being born. Um, but I mean, that's a pretty low thing to do given that your wife needs the support, but anyway, and then when the baby is born, right, a lot of men and women, right, neglect their spouse and put all their energy into loving this baby. And all of a sudden it's like the baby gets older. It's like, I'm taking my daughter here or I'm taking my son here and think of your son and why aren't we doing this for our child or the parents might have different parenting styles and all of a sudden they're having falling like falling outs over the way they parent their child or whatever and then you've got this basically this cycle right of a, a, a spouse feeling neglected emotionally feeling like the respect is being lost because the communication is not there anymore 
poor communication generally because they didn't really discuss parenting styles before they even gave birth to this child, right? It's all like a mystery surprise, kinder surprise, right? We'll just open up the prize and see what we get. And it creates a lot of pressure like on the relationship. And so whatever love was there, right, wasn't built on strong foundations to actually withstand something as life-changing as bringing a child into the world. Yeah, and I've just noticed the time, guys. So we're about to hit an hour and a half. I know we went over, but again, it's like a very difficult topic to kind of address. But I, I, I have come across multiple kind of overlapping concepts recently when it comes to love. And I think it's really important that, that people um, kind of do think about this. A person isn't truly capable of falling in love or being in love or like really kind of developing a real genuine intimate and deep connection with someone until they've been alone on their own for some time because before you can be with someone else i feel like and what i've read as well coincidentally is that you have to be okay with being by yourself on your own and you have to be able to love yourself truly. And a, a lot of people don't love themselves. Like you can hear the negative self-talk, the way they talk to themselves. You know, I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I'm ugly. Why would anyone want to be with me, you know? Um, or like other things like, you know. Sorry. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people end up with the wrong partner, right? Because you're basically putting yourself like you've got like an energy right and and you've you you're, you've basic you're basically attracting right like for like so whatever energy you're putting out is whatever energy you're going to get back mm. and so say for example i say i'm so ugly i'm so pathetic i'm so stupid i'm so whatever right i'm going to get someone not up to like my true healthy standards yeah, i'm going true. to get someone who's basically at the standards of how i see myself at that point in time right and this is why so many relationships burn down in flames when the person does start to heal because they wake up they're like what the hell like how did i even end up with this person like i'm not like this how could i have made such a horrible mistake it's it's yeah and again i've seen that happen so many times with so many people unfortunately and that's the thing like some people just don't give themselves a chance to literally be single. You know, from the moment they're in high school, they're trying to get into relationships. Up until university, again, they're still trying to get into relationships. And, you know, they start working in this. It's like, but you've never really had the chance to understand who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what your boundaries are, you know, um, what you want to achieve from life. Some people, they get so bogged down with all the happenings of a relationship right that they i don't think they've truly lived they haven't truly lived it's like just because it's almost like they lack the ability to think for themselves because tv movies music videos music the lyrics and all that stuff you know society in general has told them you have to be in a relationship you have to be with someone if you're not with someone you're worthless you're nothing unless you're married you're nothing unless you're in a relationship you're ugly unless a guy tells you you're attractive you know you're it's like it's just so it's so destructive it's so destructive and i actually feel sorry for people who've never really been single or had 
periods where they've just kind of been on their own. Because I, I, when I meet these people, they truly have identity issues. Like, you ask them, like, what are your hobbies or what do you like? Like, they, they genuinely don't have anything. Like, beyond being on their phones, you know, on social media most of the time, um, or hanging out with their mates, like, as in, like, their girlfriends or, or their mate or their boys, they actually are very bland individuals. Like, there isn't much to them. Like, do they genuinely have hobbies? Not really. You know, because I don't consider partying a hobby. Like, yeah, I go clubbing or whatever every week. Like, that's what they'll literally say to you. But you, that's just, that doesn't really mean anything. Like, And I think, just to wrap things up, I think to make a relationship work, <coughs> you need a lot more than just love you need respect you need communication you need honesty you need transparency you need to you know value yourself you need to heal your traumas before you come into a relationship etc and just to really kind of round out that view of love's not enough in the wise words of tina turner i just want to say what's love got to do with it got to do with it What's love but a second-hand emotion? What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? I'll pass it on to Sam. But I want to say thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it and hope to be back soon. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? (laughs) All right, everyone. That's a wrap. That was a really enjoyable podcast. Um, I don't think we really... I love my wife. I love myself. I love my family. I love I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope we kind of addressed it. I know we kind of went around in circles a bit, but again, it's a very tough topic. Um, maybe we can explore it further next time. Maybe when Eli's back, he's actually still in Melbourne. He literally, I think, just got onto the plane based on the message he re- he sent to me. So, but his flight was supposed to be around six o'clock. It's now nine p.m. So I don't know which airline is flying with, but if it's Qantas, screw you guys. (laughs) See everyone. (laughs)